Welcome to the Performance Plastics Podcast, hosted by IAPD, the only podcast dedicated to providing you information and insights into the world of engineering-grade plastics and how they benefit society by improving the quality of everyday life. Now here's your host, Courtney Carr. Our guest today is Jason Vagnozzi. He's the Commercial Director of 3D Printing of Brascom. Jason's going to share with us how 3D printing's role is evolving in the plastics industry. Hi, Jason. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Courtney. Thanks for having me. It's so good to be here. Jason, what makes you an expert on 3D printing? Expert's a tough term, but (laughs) um, I'll try to elaborate. Uh, You know, my journey with 3D printing and Brasschem started back in 2017, um, where I was I was following 3D printing as a as a commercial trend, um, doing some business intelligent work for Brasschem, and we started to notice all the places it was being used. And uh, we put a small team together, and we continued to research and watch how it evolved. And it was pretty clear that this thing was not going away, right? And uh, and 2019, I joined a very formal squad to figure out how Brascom can play in the market and how we could get involved. Because um, like many new industries, what you find with 3D printing is it's difficult to get a lot of data on what's exactly happening. A lot of the data is balled up. It's a little bit inconsistent as the market evolves. So we made the decision early on that the best way to really know what's happening is to just roll up our sleeves and get involved. And that's what we did. We kind of, uh, we put a team together. Um, I started going out talking to partners and people that were leading the industry. And um, you just learn so much more that way. So I'm kind of an expert by trial and fire. And uh, I think that's most of the way people do it in this industry. It's, it's you just got to get in there and do it. So as you mentioned, we're starting to hear more about 3D printing everywhere. Can you kind of give us an overview of what 3D printing is and why specifically our listeners should care? Yeah, it's a great question and probably one that I get internally still, even within Brascom, after we've been on this journey for four or five years. And, you know, I think think when you look at 3D printing, it's tough to visualize how it can really change the way we're doing things today. But... um, you know, one of the easiest stats I can allude to is just the pure size of the ecosystem. Today, the 3D printing marketplace is valued at just over $15 billion, right? By 2024, it's going to be worth, it's going to be valued at over $40 billion. That's a wow. 25 to 30% growth rate, right? These are, um, in any industry, they're really substantial numbers and they're really difficult to ignore. Um, And so you look at what's happening and you see the services sector for 3D printing grow. You see the number of people who are providing printers to the space grow. And you see the number of materials being offered in the space continue to grow. So, um, you know, for us, it was pretty clear that this was offering a unique opportunity. And I think for our listeners are out there, um, it's something that you should strongly consider to figure out how you can get involved because um, it's a, it's a fast growing trend that's going to continue to, to evolve. Okay. So you mentioned 3d printers and that market expanding. All of my knowledge comes from Amazon. So when I look at 3d printers on Amazon, it looks like the most common type is PLA. I know there are others out there. Can you expand on some of the other options? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's where most people start. PLA is a really easy to print material. It's really affordable. And, you know, most people will start there. Um, and it's a learning ground and it's a great material, but uh, it definitely has some limitations. Um, it can't really hold much weight. It doesn't have a whole lot of uh, material properties that you can do a lot with other than make some trinkets and some non-functional prototypes. Um, so when you look around the 3D printing market, you kind of see uh, other materials start to pop up in popularity. You're seeing growth in ABS. Um, you're seeing growth in nylons and TPUs. And certainly you're starting to see new materials pop up. Uh, Brass Chem, for instance, has really uh, worked hard to develop a functional polypropylene filament to introduce to the marketplace that, that fills a market need, right? And um, we're going to continue to evolve and the market's going to continue to evolve. Some of the other places I see the market going is um, combining different materials to get different material properties. I know one area that Brascom's looking at right now is in carbon fiber infused polypropylene filaments, glass fiber infused polypropylene filaments. And again, this is just these these elements are going to just enhance the material properties and open new doors for people to reimagine um, how they're going to use 3D printing. One of the things we like to talk about in our industry is how plastics and performance plastics are actually advancing and benefiting society. How do you see 3D printing benefiting society? One area 3D printing certainly I think can benefit society is just the low barrier to entry, right? If you think about traditional manufacturing processes for plastics, we think about, you know, injection molding machines, blow molding machines, um, these machines have a high capital investment um, and it makes it difficult for, for emerging economies to invest in these machines and it makes it less readily available. Um, but with 3D printing, you know, these things can fit in your house, they can fit on your desktop and you can create really great functional parts with them. And in many cases, you can even some start small scale um, commercial production applications with one or two printers. We're seeing startups pop up all over the world who are using 3D printers to bring customized products to market. And they're starting off that way until they can have the capital to reinvest in their business and, and scale up and continue to grow. But I, but I think these are opening doors for these emerging economies to continue to play, compete, and um, bring new value to their communities and neighborhoods. So I think that's a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, that's great. Um, maybe one other area, Courtney, that yeah. I mentioned is uh, prosthetics, right? I think the, the ability to improve a, a person's lifestyle who's dependent on a prosthetic through 3D printing is, is amazing, right? Here we have people that are using prosthetics for both internal and external body parts that can customize the prosthetic design to their body shape, their body style, um, the gait of their walk, uh, they, can, they can customize these things and make a, a really unique fit that they can experience with traditional manufacturing processes. Um, the other mm -hmm. advantage that we're seeing with those designs is in the lightweighting of these prosthetic devices. We no longer have to print solid parts. We can use unique honeycomb and lattice structures within the part itself. It makes a, a part that's just as strong but sometimes half the weight 
And um, for someone that's wearing that prosthetic device 24 seven, you know, to have a, a lightweighted part that's 50% less than a traditional, um, that's gotta be an amazing improvement to the quality of their life, right? Yes, what a perfect example of how plastics are improving people's lives. I love that. All right, let's end on something fun. Jason, what is the coolest applications you've ever seen printed? <laughs> uh, I love that question. Um, that's a tough one. There, there are so many great applications out there. Um, maybe two that come to mind that uh, I'll just I'll mention is is something that I've recently seen Michelin and Goodyear Tire do. Um, they're taking something that we haven't really touched in a number of decades, which is the tire or essentially the wheel, right? Mm -hmm. And they're using 3D printing and 3D printing designs to create unique geometries. Um, and much like our lightweighted prosthetic honeycomb structures to experiment with airless tires, right? And even in some cases, they're taking old tires that no longer have use, that take, you know, decades to, to break down in a landfill if it ever breaks down, and they're grinding them up, turning it into a fine powder, and they're using that powder to 3D print a new tire that's improved and airless and that could last twice as long, right? So I think uh, that's something that's really cool that I wouldn't have thought of two or three years ago, but that's something that's happening today. Yeah, and I love that it speaks into the sustainability of plastics. That's a great example. It's a great story. Um, maybe the other one I'll share uh, that comes to mind is something that I've seen a major consumer application, which is uh, IKEA. We all know IKEA, right? They oh, produce... yeah, we love IKEA. Who doesn't love IKEA? <laughs> great, low-cost, affordable furniture <laughs> that ships all over the world. Well, they've, they've recently... Uh, in 2019, kicked off a partnership uh, to create a program called Visibles. And Visibles is basically uh, a free 3D printed designs that they've developed to bolt onto their existing furniture that will make their existing furniture more handicap accessible, right? So what do I mean by that? Uh, you think about an IKEA cabinet or an IKEA sofa, um, the, the knobs on the cabinet are, are relatively small. And if you were to have a disability in your, your joints or your wrist, it might be difficult for you to grab that knob and open that cabinet. Well, one of, one of their designs available on this, on this, through this Zisables program is a larger uh, knob that's handicap friendly. And it bolts onto that piece of furniture um, like it was made to, and someone's able to get their arm or forearm around that and open that door. Um, there also have 3D printed platforms that you can put on underneath a sofa to elevate that sofa six or seven inches. So if you have a disability with, with getting in and out of a chair, um, having that chair elevated will make it easier for you. So um, it's a really cool uh, thing to see uh, a new way to think about how you can use 3D printing and how you can uh, really change how people think about your business, right? Yeah. And you said that IKEA is providing those designs for free. They are. Um, from what I've seen, you can actually, in certain regions of the world where this program's live, is you can go to an IKEA store and request these, these attachments, or IKEA allows you to download the design. So if you have a 3D printer at home, you can actually uh, print the part yourself. Well, Ikea and 3D printing for the win. 
Absolutely. It's, it's really cool. Jason, it was a pleasure speaking with you today and learning more about 3D printing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Courtney. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. This podcast was brought to you by the International Association of Plastics Distribution. For more information on IAPD, please visit our website at www.iapd.org.